Thanks for subscribing to the ZonCon podcast, the podcast all about Amazon conversations. These are the tips and tricks to become an Amazon millionaire. Here is your host, Andrew Erickson. He is all things Amazon, and so is this podcast. Let's have an Amazon conversation. Hey, guys. Welcome to the ZonCon podcast. I am here with one of my best friends in this community, best friends even outside this community too, Kian Golzari. He was also our inaugural episode, episode one, we did in depth with him. And we also did a brand building episode with episode seven. So Kian, thank you for coming back on. Oh, thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a shame we have to record this one over Zoom because the first one we did together, we we're actually here in my apartment in Edinburgh. And I remember you kindly brought over a bottle of whiskey and uh, we went through a bottle of whiskey and recorded that first episode. So guys, definitely check out episode one. It was a lot of fun and uh, glad to be back. It was supposed to be like one shot each just to get the nerves off a little bit. And then we ended up finishing the entire bottle. And I was like, oops, so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear like the ice like clinking against the glass like as we we're like doing the podcast. But it was a lot of fun. Dude, the editing on that was a little tough because like we were slurring our words really bad by the end. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if we can publish this. <laughs> That's a fun one. But we can you can hear more about Keen in his in-depth on episode one. So that was over a year and a half ago. Is there any update with Kian? What's Kian been doing and growing and everything else the last 18 months? It's interesting. Yeah. So in that time, we were in Scotland. And in the time, we've been to China a few times. And I moved to the States. I was living in LA, working on the NBA license business. I do a lot of manufacturing for the NBA and for like some of the players directly as well. I was also in the process of launching a travel brand, but I got on pause due to COVID. And then I, during COVID, I moved back to Scotland. I've started a YouTube channel called Sourcing with Kian, where I just basically educating people on sourcing practices, which has been cool. I've got the same in a Facebook group as well, a good community online, also called Sourcing with Kian on Facebook. And yeah, and then and I've moved into sort of like consulting with brands as well. And I'm sort of doing development for several different Amazon brands as well as uh, other businesses as well. So just able to pivot. It's been a lot of fun trying something new with the YouTube channel and then Obviously, it's a pleasure to connect on another podcast as well. So yeah, it's all good. The YouTube channel is really good. And that's actually why I asked you to come back on the podcast. Always delivering beautiful, amazing value bombs. But today I wanted to ask you about sourcing on Alibaba. Mm-hmm. We have had episodes before about going to the Canton Fair. And of course, that is like kind of one of the premium ways to, to find suppliers is going to trade shows. But right now it's hard to travel. <laughs> so we thought we'd do a little thing about finding people on Alibaba. There is Canton online. We had an episode about that already. So you can watch that. But right now this is we're recording in the middle of October. Canton Fair is online, but we're gonna be talking about Alibaba today. So Kian, why don't you tell me a little bit what is Alibaba? Alibaba is basically the online go-to destination to source products from China. Whether in the past, if we still can go to China or we can't go to China, Alibaba is an amazing resource to align with manufacturers. And it's kind of like the beginner or the start phase that anyone should be looking at when you're looking to order products from China. I kind of go as like beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And your beginner is kind of like starting with Alibaba. Your intermediate is going to China and going to the Canton Fair. And your advanced is going into the factory and doing business like face-to-face in the factory and seeing where your products are made. Everyone has to start from somewhere. And you can still be a big seller and still, you know, look at Alibaba and still find suppliers on Alibaba. And right now, that's pretty much our only option as well, um, apart from the online Canton Fair. So it's definitely a resource that everyone needs to be checking out. There are other websites as well, like Global Sources. It's worth checking out. It's not as good as, as Alibaba. There's not as many suppliers, but it's just different. So if it, you might find like other products there. Uh, there's also 1688.com which I've made an episode on that I don't recommend because, well, for several reasons, but it's like a Chinese like domestic platform. And it's just, there's a lot of disadvantages to it that don't outweigh the advantages of, of using it. So 
Alibaba is kind of like your best choice. So it's basically where you can find suppliers, negotiate price, get to understand your supplier, look at their certificates, see how many years they've been in business. You can get a lot of information and you can start to build up that relationship with them through this platform. Yeah, 1688 is interesting because I heard some some like hot tips, hot hacks is to go to that website because they have slightly different, cheaper, slightly cheaper prices than Alibaba, but yeah. it's in Chinese. So yeah. I'm like, uh, uh, no, you know what, what do I do? <laughs> there's so many, like if you go on YouTube and type in like 1688, there's all, so many people being like, oh, this is how you buy products from 1688 and look, oh, it's cheaper than Alibaba. But do you know why it's cheaper than Alibaba? It's because it's not for export. So they don't have any sort of quality standards. They don't have any certificate. Oh. So like it's just for the China market, but the China market don't have the same standards that we require in the US with our FDA and all our chemical checks and all this sort of stuff like forestry commission wood and all this and it's like oh there's a hack you can buy it cheaper on 1688 yeah but it's not going to pass any tests if you want to get it tested in your home market so that's why it's cheaper so you're just going to end up paying what price you actually have to pay for it if you did need to get your testing regulations and yeah it's a bit of a dodgy platform to be honest it's owned by Alibaba as well so Alibaba also owns 1688 but there's a reason why they made it just for the domestic market so it's not a hack to go to 1688. You just cause yourself a lot more trouble than what it's worth. Yeah. And people have asked me like, oh, why can't you just hire a translator to uh, go on to 1688 or to interact with these factories? And I thought, are you serious? You want me to have a translator, like translate every single email for the rest of my life, like the rest of our business relationship? It just doesn't make sense. For me, yeah. I just need someone who speaks English to do business. Yeah. And also like, do you really want to be relying on a translator for your $50,000 PO? Oh yeah. Sorry. Oh, you wanted blue. I thought it was red. Oh my bad. Yeah. The translation, you know what I mean? It's like, you can't rely on a translator for such yeah. important business decisions. And also the main important thing, and like what I always talk about is you get the best services and the best terms and the best price and the best quality and the best products. Once you have the relationship with the supplier and they understand you and they understand your vision and where you're going and they offer you full support. But if you never meet them, if you never speak the same language, if you never you know, if you have to communicate and they don't speak English, like how are you going to get those terms? So it, there's a lot of disadvantages of it. It's just not even worth it, to be honest. But yeah, it's probably important to understand why you shouldn't buy from there if you want to check out that video. But yeah, just Alibaba is fine. For sure. Okay, so we're convinced Alibaba is the place to go for trying to do online stuff in China. Do they have non-Chinese suppliers on Alibaba? A few. So you can actually select by country and you can get, you know, prices from suppliers and like, uh, Vietnam and Bangladesh and even some Indian suppliers as well. I would kind of just stick to the Chinese suppliers because it is a Chinese platform and there are other websites you can use for Indian products. I think like India Mart is, is one of them as well. But as a Chinese website and a Chinese company, they're really not going to actively promote like Indian companies in the best light. So it's, I would just kind of say, but you can get so much manufactured in China anyway. That's kind of what you need. You might as well just use it uh, for Chinese suppliers. Sure. And there's a book I read called Alibaba, The House That Jack Ma Built. And Jack Ma is the richest man, or at least he was as of, I looked it up a year or two ago. Jack Ma is the richest man in China. And he's the one who started Alibaba. He's a really cool origin story. The book, highly recommend it. It talks about Alibaba, of course, but also kind of like the sort of the hero's journey for Jack Ma coming from poverty and dropping out of college and stuff like that and starting one of the most valuable companies on earth. Really good book. So I'm curious though, before we jump into like how to use Alibaba, so the pro is basically you can find people online, right? What kind of cons are there to using Alibaba? The biggest con I would say is that the biggest and best manufacturers in China are not going there. And that's because if you're a big manufacturer in China, you're very good at what you do. So your production line is already full. So if your production line is already full, you don't need to advertise on the platform. You don't need to give a percentage of the order to Alibaba in order to promote your services because you're always busy anyway. 
So it's kind of like the factories that need orders go on to Alibaba and they tend to be the smaller ones. So yes, you can still get good suppliers there. There can also be some shady suppliers there as well, because like Amazon has really emerged in the last, like, I don't know, since like 2014 or something like that in the last like six or seven years as being this like awesome platform to make money. So as a result, a lot of people in China have realized an opportunity to list on Alibaba to present themselves as a factory and they may not be in order to make a margin off your order. So they gain your order and then they go to a factory to place it. So there can be a lot of middlemen on the platform. So this is why you have to use the platform in the right way in order to avoid these middlemen and go straight to the direct manufacturers. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, is it bad though to use a middleman of a trading company? No, not necessarily. So like trading companies can have advantages as well because sometimes a factory may not have an export license. So they have to export through a trading company anyway. The other thing is like a trading company can have access to many different factories. So they can be your one point of call and then they can talk to several factories on your behalf. Trading companies might also be holding stock for you. Trading companies might also like have several factories making the same product so they can pick and choose who's the best one to work with. So they can sometimes have a much more of a team so they can offer you a better service. They can help with like your logistics and stuff like that and your inspections. Whereas a factory is just a factory, if you know what I mean. Now, the notion is that like, oh, if I buy from a trading company, then they're adding a margin on top of the factory price. But quite often that can also not be the case in that the price is the same from a trading company and a factory. And it's the factory which compensates the trading company for bringing the order, not the trading company adding a margin and getting it from you. So I work with plenty of trading companies and I work with plenty of factories, but it's very important for you to understand who you're working with because trading companies have got certain advantages, but factories have got good advantages as well. If factories like own the goods, they're quite cash rich, so they're more likely to offer you credit, whereas a trading company can't offer you credit if they're, they're not the ones making the goods. So it's important for you to understand knowing what sort of terms you can get out of either company. Now, a lot of trading companies like to disguise themselves as a factory because there's this notion that if I'm buying from a trading company, I'm not getting the best price. So quite often they'll lie to you and say that they are a factory when they're actually just a trading company, but there's ways you can find out. So I guess we'll jump into that shortly. Yeah, let's jump into it. So now we're going on to Alibaba. And I think, can you want to do like sort of a live demo, even though this is, we're not actually showing your screen or anything and the audio listeners are not going to see anything, but why don't you kind of run us through like how you use a website, what kind of filters you're using and kind of like what you're looking at? Sure. So Alibaba is an amazing platform, right? And as we discussed earlier, there can be some very bad suppliers on the platform and it can be very good suppliers on the platform. And the purpose of this process is to show you how to align with the best manufacturers. So if you are behind your computer right now, now would be a good time to get onto alibaba.com as you're listening to this podcast. So you can kind of walk through what I'm doing with you right now. And you can, we can all do this together at the same time. And if you're in your car, just pull over and then get out of your phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, or if you're jogging, maybe, you know. Anyway, so let, let's just take a typical product. Let's say um, blue light blocking glasses, because I've got that in front of me right now. So it's going to alibaba.com, type in blue light blocking glasses, click search. Automatically, it comes up with, well, what I'm seeing right now is 10,316 results for blue light blocking glasses. So the first thing I'm thinking is, right, there's 10,000 products to go through here. This is going to be a nightmare. So the first thing I do is if in the search bar where you see blue light blocking glasses, it's on the left of that, it says products. You click that products button and you bring that down and change it to suppliers. Now you want to see the suppliers who are offering blue light blocking glasses, not the blue light blocking glasses products. Because the purpose of Alibaba is to align with the best manufacturer, not to get the best price. 
if you want to get the best price, you can get the whatever price you want on Alibaba and you'll have like quality problems later on. You're trying to find the best suppliers. And once you mm. find the best supplier, that's when you start to negotiate the price. So when you change the search to suppliers, now automatically it's gone down to 730 suppliers. So we have over 10,000 products. Now we've got 730 suppliers. And underneath that, you see the option to tick the box for trade assurance and verified. You want to click both. Trade assurance basically means that whatever payments you do to the supplier on the Alibaba platform, you're protected by Alibaba. So if you order 10,000 blue light blocking glasses, which have a certain specification, and you don't get that specification, then Alibaba will refund you the order. So your payment is protected once you select that trade assurance. Matt, then, I have a question on that real quick. Is it, do they put the money in escrow or is it just like kind of like refund policy that Alibaba has? Yeah. So basically you're paying the supplier through Alibaba's platform. So the supplier will still get paid. However, if there's any discrepancy, then Alibaba will refund you. And I'm guessing they'll get that off the supplier in their own way. However, they signed up uh, to use the Alibaba platform, they're able to d- deduct that from them. They probably hold it until you confirm that what you got is actually what you agreed to receive. But any So it's kind of like, like, like they have a good refund policy, basically, is what trade assurance. Like they're assuring the trade by yeah. Alibaba saying, we guarantee that you can refund this if you need to. Exactly. But what's very important is that whatever specification you've discussed for this product must be discussed on Alibaba.com through your chat there uh, and not on email. Because if you take the conversation out of Alibaba and you put it onto email and then you say you asked for one thing and they didn't do it, well, Alibaba have no frame of reference of what you talked about. So you're not protected. So all the product specification details, if you're getting trade assurance, must be communicated through the Alibaba platform. Otherwise, you're not covered. Good to know. So another question. So I I like to bring suppliers into WeChat because it's like a texting app that's really easy to use. WhatsApp for for China. And so it's just easier to kind of go back and forth, whether instead of Alibaba.com is kind of like a little clunky. Can you discuss there? And then maybe I could write like a term sheet and then send that through Alibaba. Does that work? So, So the way I do it, I chat to all my suppliers on WeChat as well. But the way I do it is that I keep my informal conversations on WeChat. Like, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, hey, I'm having dinner with my friends. And here's a picture of what it looks like. I went to this NFL game. Here's here's me and my friends at the game. But anything to do with price, delivery date, quality, all that needs to stick to, to Alibaba. And I do the Good. same with uh, email as well. Like as soon as you grow out of Alibaba and you start just doing bank transfers, still keep the important conversations to email. But Because I've been in a situation where I have confirmed product specifications over WeChat and then conversations just get deleted or lost or, or whatever. And then you're like scrolling through all these like conversations and looking at all these like pictures and like, oh my God, I just need to find out what price it is. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it, it's it, you can like reconfirm on WeChat, okay. but you should have a note there. So after selecting trade assurance, there's a box next to it called verified. And verified basically just means that the factory are who they say they are. So if they say they have like 150 workers in the factory, if they say they have 50 sewing machines in their factory, a third party or Alibaba has actually gone into the factory and verified that that is correct. So it basically means that you're doing business with people who are who they say they are. So if you take that box, trade assurance and verified, we now see 173 suppliers. So we went from nice. over 10,000 products to over 700 suppliers, and now we're at 173 suppliers. Now that we've narrowed it down to that, on the left side, you'll see a tab that says top three markets. And you can select which markets these factories in China are exporting to. Now, I like to select North America and Western Europe because those are normally the markets that we're supplying anyway. And these are the markets which have the highest standards because in Western Europe, you know, you've got Germany, Italy, France, UK, which have got high standards for all sorts of product. Same in the USA as well. That's the market you're selling into. You also want to know the suppliers which export to those markets because if the supplier was just supplying to the South American market or to the African market, they might not comply with the standards that you require. So now we've dropped it down to 140 suppliers. 
below top three markets, you've got total revenue. Now the revenue I don't really care about and I don't look at because a lot of these suppliers are doing revenue off of Alibaba. I pay all my suppliers off of Alibaba anyway. So I'm not looking at the revenue to see how big a company they are because they may, they may not have that many transactions through there. And then under that, they've got certifications. And I like to click ISO 9001, which is a quality standard, ISO 14001, which is an environmental standard, and BSCI, which is your business social compliance index. And those are like the top three sort of standards and not all factories are, are going to have it, but if they do have it, it's a plus and it means you're working with a top, top factory. And I like to hmm. select those and hopefully it still brings up enough results. And if it doesn't, then we can deselect those, but I would like to start with the best suppliers in mind. So once we hit that. So those certificates, sure. are they like market specific or is that for the whole factory? Cause I'm thinking if you're obviously yeah. if you have like baby certificates, but you're selling, mm-hmm. you know, whatever workout equipment, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's more company specific, like to make sure that you have like adequate lighting in your factory, that you've got fire extinguishers, there's no child labor, you know, stuff like that. The factory is like a proper company, if you know what I mean. And it's hit the standards of this ISO certification. Nice. And then once we click that, we've now got 33 suppliers to choose from, which is awesome. And then just to round it off below that, you've got R&D option for OEM or ODM, which is original equipment manufacturer and original design manufacturer. I don't check those boxes because people are all not going to be honest about it if they were the original designer. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, below that, you've got number of employees and I'm not going to check anything there. This is a good thing to come back to later on. If it's your first order and you need a low MOQ, you're much more likely to get a low MOQ from a factory, which has only got like maybe 10 to 50 employees because they're also a small company, so they can be flexible. But if you're buying from a factory, which has got like 500 workers, they're not going to be accommodating to your like first trial order of like 200 pieces because they don't need it. So that's something you can go back to if you need the trial order. So now that we've ticked those boxes, which was our North American, Western Europe market and our certification of ISO 9001, BSCI and 14001, as well as selecting trade assurance and verified, we now have 33 suppliers to choose from. And these are top suppliers based on what we require. Now, the next thing I like to do is I like to scroll down this list of 33 and I want to select the suppliers which have been in business for five plus years. And I do that because as we said, you know, Amazon kind of got popular in e-commerce from like 2014 onwards. So if a supplier has come into the platform during that time, it kind of means that they've jumped in to take advantage of these like online sales. But if anyone's been in the platform longer than that, it means they've been a traditional factory and they've been selling on Alibaba for a long time before Amazon got popular. So they're more likely to be like a genuine authentic factory. And then the other thing is, as I'm scrolling down that list, you have to have like the city or the province of your company as the first letter in your company name. So I want to know what is the area that really specializes in these products. So if you're behind your computer, you're actually scrolling down the list and then city Wenzhou comes up quite a lot. First factory is Wenzhou Mike Optical. The next one is Wenzhou Faith Import. And then there's a couple of other ones. Then it goes to Wenzhou Sopal Optics, Wenzhou Yongji Optical. So I can see that Wenzhou is the area which really specializes in glasses. And then next to the name Wenzhou, we can see, all right, the first one's been in business for seven years. So that's great. Next one is three years, probably discount them. Next one is 12 years. That's great. The one after that, three years, get rid of it. Next one is 10 years. That's great. So now I can say, right, I'm getting a factory which has got all my certificates. They're verified. They've got trade assurance. They're supplying the markets I'm supplying. They're in the area which specializes in this product. And they've been in business for more than 10 years. This is perfect, right? And then nice. on top of that, to basically now finalize, is this the correct person I should be getting a quote from? Let's click on the first one in the list, which is Wenzhou Mike Optical, and they've been in business for seven years. So if you click on them, the first thing I like to do is on products. There's a product tab next to the home tab, and I just hover my mouse over it. 
Then it says optical frames, anti-blue glasses, metal sunglasses, wood bamboo glasses. So you can see they specialize in sunglasses. So this is perfect. They're a glass company. Whereas if I hovered over products and I saw blue light blocking glasses, fidget spinner, winter gloves, iPhone cable, that would be like, well, this is just a company just selling like hot products. They don't actually specialize in this item. But I can see from here that they do. And as you scroll further down, it's going to tell you how many workers you've got in the factory. It's going to tell you their location. It's going to tell you what certificates they have. It's got their ISO 9001 certificate that we just inquired about. And then any trade shows they've been to, you can click on pictures. You can get a lot of information from their profile. And then finally, I like to go over to contacts tab, click on that. And I like to look at their address. And then here I would copy and paste their address and I would put it into Google Maps. And I would see that if it's like, I want to basically see, is this in an industrial zone? Are they a factory? Or are they on the 29th floor of a building in downtown? So they're more likely to be a trading company. And I can see from this one, they are, well, they've actually got two addresses, but you can check by there, you can Google search it and you can see who you're doing business with. So now you have a lot of information about these suppliers. And then I would just, I like to choose 10 suppliers if there are 10 that I look at and I'm going to give them my specification of what I want priced up. Now, if you know what you want, then you get your information in a specification sheet and you send it to those suppliers. But if you're still looking, like you know the product that you want, but you're not sure what a specification is, then I'm going to choose about 10 suppliers. I'm going to look at their products. I'm going to engage in conversation and I'm going to get the specification sheets from them of their products. And I'm going to compare and then decide what I want. And then I'm going to start negotiating price. But this is the way to align with the best manufacturers. And then now you know that you're talking with the best. Now you can start to negotiate on the products and the prices. Nice. I love that. That Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> so if you guys are listening to this, like Ian said, if you're jogging, stop jogging and do it. Just kidding. Don't. But if you want to re-listen to this, when you get onto your laptop, I followed along as Kian was saying everything and you just click just like Kian said. So that's a really good way of kind of like reiterating how to do this process. This looks like an amazing process. If you also want to see Kian do it, he has an amazing YouTube video just showing everything that he just said and actually showing it on uh, like how he's like following it on his screen and everything. So uh, that was fantastic, Kian. So now you said 10, mm-hmm. 10, you want to talk to 10. Is it like, do we only talk to 10 or does it have to be 10? And then, and then from there, what do we start asking them? So yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I kind of go by a policy of like 10, 3, 1. So I'm like, I want to talk to 10 suppliers. I want to get samples from three and I want to order from one. So from that 10, I'm going to narrow it down to three. And you can narrow it down before even engaging in conversation with them. So like, as we looked at those listings and we saw, okay, they're glass specialists. But if you see one, which is not specialist in glasses, but they're a specialist in something else, then I would discount them. Or if they don't have the certificates that we require for this, then I would maybe discount them. Or if they're in, like, in an area which is not specializing in these, then I would discount them. But then once we've actually got 10, I would engage in conversation. If I know the product that I want, then I'm going to send them a specification. And then it's just basically a pricing exercise where I'm going to compare their pricing. And then I'm going to ask for samples from three of them, probably. And you don't necessarily have to ask for samples if they're ones who have offered you the best price. Because a price negotiation can come later. They're expecting you to negotiate. You basically just want to pick your top three suppliers. And you might pick your top suppliers based on the customers that they supply or the markets that they supply or the volumes that they're doing, or if they have like the Disney audit or something like that, or if they have like, you know, if they're supplying into a retailer that you aspire to get into, there's loads of different ways that you can sort of select the products, that you, the supplier that you want. And it's also just the one that you got on with the most, because if you think about this, you're going to be talking with the supplier very regularly for the next like three, five, 10 years. It might as well be someone that you get along with. 
And I kind of basically, and that's why I love going to China and face-to-face communication, because I want to do business with my friends. If we're going to be hanging out several times a year, I want to be able to go for a beer with you and have a good time as well. You know what I mean? So I just, I like to consider who I get along with as well as being good at very, very good at what they do. Nice. Perfect. So 10, 3, 1. I like that. Let's internalize that. 10, 3, 1. Talk to 10, get three samples, pick one factory, right? Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So in terms of like actually opening up a message to the people, how do you structure it? Is it just like copy paste some dumb script over and over again? Or do you, uh, how exactly do you structure that? Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, I think on the majority of like Amazon sort of training courses, they kind of give you this template of say like, hey, what's your price? What's your MOQ? And there's just some script. But you have to bear in mind that like, you know, these factories are probably getting inquiries every day from like hundreds of Amazon sellers who are taking courses online, who are watching YouTube videos. And they're all inquiring in the same way. So you have to stand out in order to gain their respect and to gain their interest. If you're just like, hey, give me the price, give me the MOQ, like they're just like, oh, another one of these guys. But what I like to do is take the personalized approach because I've already narrowed it down to the, like, these are the top 10 companies I'm actually going to place an order with. So let me take the time to see why they are good at what they do. And then I would click on the listing. I would see the certificates that they've got. And I say, hey, I see that you've got this ISO 9001 certificate. I can see that like 25% of your exports are going to Western Europe. We're also considering selling into the Western Europe market as well. So that's great. I can see that, you know, you have 150 workers in your factory. That's awesome. So I can see you as a long-term business partner and I can see us developing a good friendship together based on the licenses that you've acquired. So I'd like to take the personalized approach and see what sort of, what are the strengths of the factory and write to those strengths so when they receive your inquiry, they can see, oh, this person is actually taking the time to look at our company profile, to study it, to see what our advantages are, and then select us. Okay, they must be a good customer. They're not like everyone else who just said, hey, what's your best price? They've actually taken the time to realize that we're a good supplier. And then that way, you're going to get their best service from day one. You've already gained their respect, and you've proven that you're a knowledgeable buyer in the space as well, rather than someone who's just been told that this is a hot product and they better go for it. So you might save time by just giving them a standardized RFQ, but I much prefer taking the personalized approach and then you get that great service from day one. Should you ask about price like on the first question or just say like, hey, you're cool. I like your standards. Let's open up a conversation and then kind of like bring them into the conversation or just kind of like show that you're personalizing it, but also get right to business right away. Yeah, yeah. So I would like to go the personalized approach, but I'd also say, can you give me a price breakdown for these items? Can you give me a price for 500 pieces, 2000 pieces, 5000 pieces? And then what I would, and then once, once you get the prices back, you know, you can study that. And it's important for you to gain an awareness of what is the market price before you negotiate. Because if you inquire to one supplier and they say, okay, cool, these glasses are $3. And then you're like, okay, I want 250. Like, what frame of reference do you have? You're just trying to get 50 cent off the unit cost. But if you inquired to like five different suppliers mm. and everyone was like, oh, hey, I'm 275, I'm 290, I'm 350, you know, and then you, you have a frame of reference. All right, this is the market price for the product. And then you can negotiate knowing that you're like not ripping them off. And also like, because if you, if you were to say to them, hey, I want $1.50, they're going to say, okay, clearly this buyer has no idea how much these products actually cost because this is a ridiculous price. It's not profitable for us. But if you give them a price target, which is like, oh, well, yeah, they actually know how much this product costs. So they must, be, they must have bought this item before. They must be a serious buyer. But you gain, that in, you gain that knowledge and that information once you inquired several different suppliers. So ask them just for the cost breakdown. Then you study multiple different suppliers and then you go back and negotiate to say, hey, you're my favorite factory to work with. I love that you've been in business for 15 years. I love that you have the certification. I love that you supply Walmart. But there's another supplier that we're in touch with who has 
the same specification as you, but they're actually offering us two seventy five instead of three dollars. So if you can match the price, then I'll place a business, I'll place the order to you. And then they're like, okay, cool. And nine times out of ten, they'll match the price to get the order. But you've chosen, you've got your favorite supplier, and you got the best price. But it's because you educated yourself on the market. Mm, I love that. That's great. And when you tell them about yourself, are you telling them like, I'm this big, amazing seller that's doing 20 million a year and whether it's true or not, like, do you want, do you want to make yourself to sound like you're bigger than you are? Or do you want to just kind of say what you are and be honest about it? And especially if you're starting out, like, do you tell them like, I'm just starting out. I have no idea what I'm doing. Can you help me? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great point. And I tell you what, like suppliers always admire and love honesty. They're very honorable people, like the, the top suppliers, the good, the good suppliers, the ones who you want to be working with are very good people, they're very honorable people. They don't want to be lied to, they don't want to be messed around. The same way we don't want to be lied to either when people are buying from us. So I always like to just say the truth and there's ways that you can get around you know, these conversations. Like I would say like, hey, we normally do orders of like you know 5,000 per unit, but this is our first order, so we're just gonna place a trial order. So I'm only going to place like 500 pieces, but that's not, we're going to come back and place an immediate reorder if everything goes smooth. But for this trial order, we're going to test it, make sure that the product quality is fine, you ship on time, that the logistics is fine, that it passes through customs, that the products aren't damaged when they arrive. And if everything goes smooth, then we'll come back and place a bigger order. So you kind of dangled the carrot in front of their head to say, hey, if you do everything correctly, we'll come straight back with a bigger order. So they're like, okay, let's just get this first order out of the way. Because they're not thinking, the supplier's not thinking about how much profit am I going to make from this first order. The supplier's thinking about how much profit am I going to make from this customer over the mm. next three, five, 10 years. So they just want to satisfy you to get that first order out of the way. So what I normally say is like, hey, I'm only going to order 500 pieces, but I've seen your price for 2,000. So, but like, if you give me the price for 2,000 pieces, I'm only going to order 500. But if I can get that price, I can gain market share very quickly and I can come back for a much bigger order. I can pass that discount onto my customers. The lower price will mean more sales, more sales for me, mean more orders for you. So you're not just saying, hey, give me your cheapest price. You're saying, I need your best price so that we can work together in partnership and I can bring you more orders faster. So that, that, that's kind of the Perfect. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's good. Oh, and, then, and then here's the other thing. If you are a total beginner and if you're a newbie, like, let's say you want to start like a yoga brand, right? And you love yoga and you've been doing it your whole life. And now you just, that's your passion. That's the, the business you want to start. I would never say, hey, this is my first time placing an order before, because then they can just take advantage of you. And not in a bad way, but just like they know that like you're not experienced in this. So they can basically charge whatever price that they want. But if you say, hey, I've been a yoga instructor for 15 years. I've got a massive online community for yoga. I'm very knowledgeable about the products. I've gone through, you know, thousands of different yoga mats. I know the specification which is required for my market. And as soon as I get this winning product, I have a huge audience. You're not lying saying this is your first order, but you're saying you've given your leverage. So now they're thinking, okay, I believe in the vision of this customer and I want to satisfy this customer because they have potential to be a very big customer. And as it happens, I just posted a video on my YouTube channel yesterday. Well, depending on when this, when this goes out, it was like basically, <laughs> <laughs> it was China Factory Boss interview secrets revealed. And then I asked him this question and he was just like, I'm willing to give full support to my customer and I will support the one with the vision. And if the vision is something that someone who wants to grow big, it's actually an amazing interview, right? Because his name's Eddie and I asked Eddie, like, what's the biggest order you've ever received? And he said 800,000 pieces of one item and it was for a few million dollars. And then I asked him about MOQ and I was like, look, some customers want to order the MOQ. Sometimes it might be like 500 pieces. Would you accept that? He said, I will accept 500 pieces if I believe in the vision of the customer. So you have someone who's manufacturing 800,000 pieces for one person, but will still accept 500 because they believe in you and they believe that you will grow a big business. 
and they want to be there with you at the start. So as you grow, they're going to be the one getting those orders. As I said, they're looking at the customer over the next three, five, 10 years, not just that one order, but you have to show your leverage. So if you're a yoga instructor, if you're a personal trainer, if you're a chef, talk about how good you are at what you do and the audience that you've built and the experience that you have, because you can also help them improve the products as well if you're a product practitioner. So yeah, you don't need to start with the, hey, I'm a beginner, just say I'm a product expert. Nice. I just wrote down my to-do list to make sure I watch that video this afternoon. So oh, was that Eddie? Did, did, was uh, interview? What was it? Interview secrets yeah. of, of the manufacturer or something? What was it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's called the uh, China Factory Boss Secrets Revealed, and I filmed that last time I was in China, and it's amazing. You know, this was actually like my highest ranked video. Like, it got 500 views like in the first like 12 hours, and then nice. um, YouTube gives you amazing like analytics. It's been like my highest like watch time most views for like the first 12 hours and yeah, most audience retention as well. So it's, it's been really popular and I've had some amazing comments on the video as well. Cause I actually like, I give a lot of advice about China, like all the stuff we've just been talking about, but this is it coming from the supplier's mouth. You know what I mean? So it's like the guy who's actually making this stuff is telling you. So it, it sounds a lot better coming from him. And I just ask him all the questions from the mind of an e-commerce seller to be like, okay, this is what e-commerce sellers want to know about. How do we communicate with you? What MOQ can we get away with? How do you want to receive your information? And he's just telling it exactly how it is. And it's, it's, it's gold. And then I basically break down the interview as well. So the interview is like maybe 12 minutes long. And every time he drops a value bomb, I stop, I film in the studio, like, okay, this is what he said. And this is what he means. And this is how you can take advantage of it. So it's an awesome video. I definitely check it out. And the channel is just called Sourcing with Kian for anyone who's interested to check that out on YouTube. Perfect. Sourcing with Kian and Kian is K-I-A-N. And I'll make sure I have a link, of course, in the show notes. And I'll have a link to the Alibaba walkthrough and the interview with the factory boss. Our yeah. seekers revealed the factory boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Oh, also the Facebook group, just sourcing with Kian on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm also on Instagram, which is just Kian underscore JG, which I'm just a lot more social. Actually, like the last two China trips, I posted a lot of stuff on my story, which is in the highlights. So if you want to see like what happens on a fun China trip, like what we get up to, like going out for dinner with the factory bosses and like drinking beers in the hotels and the factory, developing products. Uh, definitely check that out on Instagram. It's really cool. Nice. And also just as a reminder, episode one and seven are also with Kian. And we also have another episode with Canton Online. All right, Kian. Yes. Thank you so much for telling us all about how to use Alibaba and how to open up conversations with these factories in China. It was an amazing interview. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, man. Absolute pleasure. And uh, hopefully connect to you guys again soon. It was a pleasure. And yeah, all the best. 